Welcome to the Scrap Happier Podcast, where we share quick tips, tricks, and techniques to help you create scrapbooks you love and be happier while doing it. I'm your host, Alice Bull. I'm so glad you joined me for episode number five. Today, we are going to do something really special. We are going to recap the Scrap Smarter experience. This live virtual event was held August 21st to 23rd, and it brought together 10 instructors, 10 amazing instructors. It was time to learn some new scrappy skills, and boy, did they deliver. Our keynote speaker kept us on our toes right from the beginning and kicked off the party with just the right vibe. And if you missed this event, you're going to be so happy we're sharing these golden nuggets of wisdom that were shared with us on the weekend. And if you were there live, I know that the reminders that you get now are going to make you laugh and smile. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Scrap Smarter Experience. It is my pleasure to bring this event to you. I am so excited. I hope that this event will leave you inspired, help you teach you some new scrappy skills, and just leave you feeling more connected to your craft, to to scrapbooking, to memory keeping, to documenting your stories, and to feeling this more confident in your skills in it. Because I think that as we dive into scrapbooking, that's one of the things, like we don't always feel that you know, we know what we're doing or we feel bad that we're not doing it enough. And this event is here to kind of help us build some skills so that we can do the fun stuff and actually like enjoy the joy of scrapbooking. This is where I had the pleasure of introducing our keynote speaker, Stacy Julian. And Stacy, she's just so clever, or should I say smart? For the Scrap Smarter event, she took the word smart and broke it into each letter with a word that defined each letter. S stood for simple, and her message about this was actually kind of confusing at first. I scrapbook, and it doesn't matter. What? Why would Stacy Julian say that? Why would I say it doesn't matter? Do you know why? Some of you might remember way back in the day when we carried a wallet with us. And in our wallet, when you bought a new wallet, it came with these little plastic sleeves. And do you know what those plastic sleeves were for? They were for wallet photos. I just checked you guys, you can still print wallet photos at Walgreens. Nobody, like our kids probably have no idea what a wallet photo is. And that's because we carry our pictures around with us now. Not two or four or eight of them. Not pictures of just one picture of each of the kids or the grandkids. We carry, like, I have 60,000 plus photos on my iPhone. Okay? Like we live in this amazing time with all this technology and all of this sharing that's possible and all of this social media and and this cloud that holds everything for us. And so guess what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Back in the day when pictures were super, super, super valuable because they were super, super, super rare, right? 
and, and yet we still carry this like, oh my gosh, my pictures. But guess what? They're right here. They're right here on your phone. Now, ultimately, at the end of our life, we know this. We hear about horrific things that happen to people, like maybe someone's house burns down and, and they lose everything. And what really matters and what they try to take with them, the last, you know, if they have to be evacuated or something like that, what they take is their pictures, right? Or their, or their scrapbooks or anything that's like personal like that. And so we know, we know that stories and pictures and all of that is important, that that's what's really essential and that's what really has value in the end. But we take all of those beautiful truths and, we, and it just becomes this tangled up mess of just expectations. It's all full of expectations and and worries and angst and even sometimes fear. It's a collection of what ifs. What if I'm not doing it right? What if I haven't done anything? What if I haven't done anything for 10 years? What if my kid who is 17 is only three in her scrapbooks? What if I don't have all the photos? What if half of the photos are digital and half of the photos are printed? What if I'm super, super far behind? What if I have all the photos? What if my mother gave me her box and I also have a box from my husband's side of the family and I'm the only one who knows what to do with it. I'm the only one who seems to care. What if my kids don't care? What if my kids don't want all this stuff? What if they don't want these scrapbooks that I've made for them? What if it's just one big mess? It's like here, there, and everywhere. Half of it's in the cloud. I don't even know what the cloud is. What if I don't even know what the cloud is? What if I don't have enough room? What if I don't have enough money? What if I don't, I never have enough time? What if this crazy thing just happened in my life? And I can't even, I can't even mentally or emotionally go there. What if I used to do it a certain way and I don't wanna do it that way anymore? What if I feel like everybody has it figured out but me? So what if we just took all of that crazy stuff, right? And we just set it aside. And say it with me now, what if we just decided it doesn't matter? Because you know what, it doesn't. Even if you achieved exactly whatever it is that you think you want to achieve, it's not going to change who you are. It's not gonna add value to you. You're not gonna be more important. You're not even going to be happier. Because what makes you happy, what's, what creates the emotion of happiness, of satisfaction, of joy, is your thoughts. And, Spending time with your pictures and your memories creates thoughts that are positive and uplifting most of the time. <laughs> and so you can decide right now today to be happy with whatever you've achieved and whatever you're trying to do and however much you've done in spite of the fact that all the layouts are stacked up in a box and they're not even in albums. None of that matters. And here's my favorite part. If you decide it doesn't matter, that means that you can just go all in, like go big or go home, like just have fun. This is child's play. None of those things matter and you can just decide to play. The comments during the live chat for this part of the presentation were so impactful. So many people realizing they put so much pressure on themselves, they don't even get to play. And by the end of the keynote speech and the kickoff party, scrapbookers were already saying this alone was worth the price of admission. Now that we were thinking about scrapbooking from a new perspective, we were ready for our classes to begin. 
Next up was Lael Konkar, and she was teaching us about doors and how to open all the doors. She taught us six different kinds of doors that we can use to create interaction on our mini albums. And during the Q&A, Lael taught us about the importance of the double, triple, and even quadruple check as we learned how to deal with things that don't go exactly as planned when we're creating. People talked about taking this out of the size and moving it to different sizes. So like going to cards, going to 12 by 12s. Do you have more tips when we change sizes like that? You know, for me, it's really all about playing. I mean, and I've done these different techniques for a long time, but I'm sure the first time that I did it, I probably took out a piece of scratch paper, whether it be just like a a piece of copy paper or maybe some older scrap of paper or cardstock, and I would kind of play around with it. And I say, that's always the best thing to do is to play first and, um, you know, kind of test things out to make sure that they work and then they will work for what you want them to do. The one that I got um, hung up on, and this always happens to me every time, is that if you were doing things that flip up, double, triple, quadruple check, because if you have a piece of paper that has a directional pattern on it, so let's say an alpha, you know, paper that has words on it, you want to make sure when you flip it up that whatever's on the back side isn't going to end up being upside down. And sometimes you just can't get around that because, you know, if, if the paper has double sided with a pattern that is dimensional, you're going to lose the pattern on the other side with the upside down. So even then I just say, you know what, put a piece of paper on the back of that or a photo or something. Sometimes um, I think we get too hard on ourselves. We mess up and um, we can fix things. I think we're hard pressed to find something that we couldn't fix. And whenever I do classes and whenever I do things like this, it's really important to me that I leave the mistakes in the video because I think it helps to see people's thought process on how they react and how they fix something when they've messed it up because we all do it. We all mess things up. We just a lot of times don't have that edit feature in life where we can, you know, cut that part out. I saw lots of comments where people really appreciated that too, um, that you've left the mistakes in there because they're like, Oh, okay. She does that too. That's okay. <laughs> we all do. Even if we say we don't, we do. Yep. That's right. In scrapbooking, what do they say? There are no mistakes. There's only new opportunities to embellish. Next up was Christina Sorge from Redefined Creative, and Christina was teaching us impactful go-to designs. And during her presentation, she talked about tearing washi vertically rather than horizontally. And if you've never tried doing that before, it's kind of tricky. So we asked and you tore washi tape vertically, right? Like when yeah. we think of washi tape, we just cut it off and that's like the little jaggedy edges, but you also use it in other ways. Do you have any tricks or tips? So when you have your washi tape and you wanna tear it vertically, it is much easier if you tear it on the roll. So otherwise, if you're trying to tear like off into space, it's, it's a little harder. So if you just start it, and then you tear basically right down the middle and then you just let the roll do the work for you. And so you just tear it with it still on the roll and it gives you like this perfect strip and you don't have to worry about trying to make it perfect. Oh my gosh, I didn't know you were gonna show me that and I'm so glad I asked that. <laughs> because I would have done it the other way and that would have been way harder. So. 
It's so much easier if you do it when it's on the roll and roll do the work for you. Our next instructor was Janet from RTS Scrapbooking, and she told us everything about using flowers to create flower power on our layouts. But she also mentioned another topic, which was super important. Miller said, thanks for reminding me to work within my style and not somebody else's style. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I think that's the thing, especially we're in such an Insta type of lifestyle that things happen so fast. Trends happen so fast. Styles happen so fast. You can't even get comfortable into your own style and supplies and then something else new is coming on the market. And then also with mixed media, that is a beautiful, beautiful way to express art. I just can't see myself doing that, but I love it. But I see people beat themselves up because they don't do it on their pages. I'm like, if you like a hundred stickers on your pages, you know, it's like Stacy said and, and Leo and everybody else, you need to do what you do. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. So uh, that's the thing, finding your own style. And it's okay if you don't find your style for a little bit. And it's okay if your style changes every six months. It's really okay. It really is. Our next instructor was Sarah Scraps, and she was teaching us all about how to actually use our stamps on our scrapbook pages. She had a really great tip for people that are looking to do a little bit of mixed media and use some different kinds of materials. If you like to get messy, if you like mixed media, you want to make sure that you have a permanent black ink in your stash. If you're interested in perhaps um, coloring stamps or watercoloring stamps at some point, you want a good permanent ink in your stash. Lots of companies make them. Just look for something that says it's Copic friendly or permanent or archival and you are good. This is just what I use, but you can use anything that has those properties to it. But you want at least one good black permanent ink in your stash. Sarah was using the Altenew Permanent Black Ink. And personally, I've used the Gina K Amalgam Ink, and it's amazing. Next was Victoria Calvin from Victoria Marie Designs. Victoria was teaching Color Wheel 101 for scrapbookers, and so there was no better person to ask a really controversial question. Okay, so let's go there. Cream and white, do you use them together? (laughs) (laughs) I am a rebel and I do use cream and white together, particularly with embellishments. I do. And it really depends on the look of the embellishment. Um, (laughs) Janet's like, yes! (laughs) So I do. It really depends. Um, I wish I could have pulled a sample of that. A lot of times where I will use cream and white is when it comes to the embellishing um, but also maybe sometimes the papers too. So if a paper has a more creamier base, but it's not like screaming cream, then I'll tend to use it with a white based paper or whatever. But I definitely do it with embellishments all the time. During the wind up party, we decided to settle this score once and for all. We pulled over 350 scrapbookers and 69% of scrapbookers said that cream and white can be used together. On the flip side, 31% of people agree with me that cream and white, that's just not supposed to happen. Next up, Catherine Pooler taught us some great techniques for using inking and die cuts. She also answered this question that we all have when it comes to stamping. 
Lisa said, she makes this look so easy. My stamping never looks like that. So do you have any tips for getting that pro look with stamping? Uh, it takes a little practice sometimes. And even, you know, at first I've been stamping for 17 years. I still make mistakes all the time. A lot of times you don't see them because I edit them out. <laughs> but if you catch any of my live streams, you will see me make mistakes. So when you make mistakes or, you know, you stamp and you don't get a place right or you don't get a full stamped image, don't beat yourself up because it happens to me still after 17 years. Um, I do a lot of times when I'm stamping an image on a project, uh, I'll stamp it on scratch paper first. And that gives me a feel of if my ink pad is inky enough, if I inked it up well enough, um, the pressure of stamping. Some stamps are more detailed, and when you stamp and press them down with a good firm press, it may like kind of squish the photopolymer out a little bit, and it gives you a little bit of a blurred image. So, so sometimes your pressure needs to be different. So practice. 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 After a break for some practice or a good night's sleep, we were back the next day to learn all about layered titles with Chamel. We also had a little discussion about electronic die cut machines, and here was her advice. If you think about it, sometimes you do, you, like, I know scrapbookers who've gone, I liked that look on a page, I went and dropped 200 pounds on the machine. When you step back from that decision, that's weird. We're in a hobby where we pay a like dollar per piece of paper. We don't just go, you know what? I saw one layout I liked. I think I'll go drop 200 pounds on a machine. Don't do it. So try it first and have, you know, have somebody else cut something for you. Um, and back in the day, we used to do this at crops. Somebody would have a machine, they would bring it to a crop and you'd cut a whole bunch of stuff. And that machine would run all stinking day. And at the end, then you would have, you know, you'd have some to take with you. And then you would decide, oh, wait, no, I do love this. And then you know it's okay to drop the 200 pounds because once you know you're going to use it, then no regret. But if it's going to sit in a box, and I, I have so many people who watch my videos and go, oh, well, I have that machine, but it's been in the cupboard for two years. Get it out! Next up, Tracy Reed from Tracy Reed Designs did a live training session to teach us some digital tricks so we could make our own stamps, brushes, and how to use a 4x6 template. And since hybrid is becoming easier than ever, it's great to know how to print your stuff properly. And Tracy knows all the tricks. Okay, so I have a Canon Pixma. Um, I've also had Epson Artisans in the past. Neither are expensive. They're both $100-ish, $150, depending on where you get it from or what time of year you get it from. You do not have to have an expensive printer. You just have to have one that will print, you know, 8.5 by 11 or 12 by 12 if that's what you want. I prefer the Canon, even though I've been an Epson girl from the beginning. I prefer the Canon because it does seem to be a lot better on ink than the Epson did. Yeah, it just doesn't go through ink as fast. It did have a little bit of a learning curve, making sure it worked right, but um, I prefer the Canon. But again, it doesn't matter because what really, really matters is what paper you print on. It really does. And Leah's question was, I have a, a lots of digital files and I've tried printing them to use on paper, but when I'm printing them, the colors seem different than what I see on the screen. So tips? <laughs> paper. It's your paper. It, it, it's your paper or your print settings. 
So I always print on matte paper when it comes to printing out like cards and stuff like that. So you want to make sure that your printer is set for best quality and it's set for matte photo paper. And then if you are still not getting a great print out of that and you have like a decent printer, it's definitely your paper. My favorite paper, I mean, I can, I can address paper. My favorite paper to print on has always been Epson premium presentation paper. The quality of the cardstock makes all the difference in your prints. Next up was our fastest pace course of the day with Tajiana Gordon teaching us la la love these layers. The chat was flying as people were so excited to see layering demystified and get all the tips on how to build those embellishment clusters. Cheryl had asked, she said, I get to a point with layers and lots of bits and pieces when I love it, but I'm not the best at knowing when to stop. How do you decide when you're done? Because the thing, the thing about my approach to layering is there's like recipes. But what I like to do is I like to just cluster things. So I have, so same example as like the previous page, I have a top cluster here and then I have a bottom cluster here. And I like to make sure that there's some empty space in the middle and then I just work around my cluster. So I make sure that like, I don't ever want my embellishments to overshadow my photo, right? So that's the important thing that your photo is front and center. The thing is the recipe is always the same. I always start with a background. So here's a background where I put a ton of mixed media. There's paints, there's modeling case, there's like the entire world on this page. And then there's my photo. But you always wanna make sure that there's balance. So I'm okay with working above. So you work across and you work, so like linearly, you wanna work in the X axis and the Y axis and just make sure that you're balancing. Now the thing about balance is it's one of those things you kind of just learn from practice. And if you feel like you're putting too much, stop. After Tashi, our final instructor was Vicki Booten to help simplify mixed media. And this actually led to a great discussion about styles of scrapbooking and how many different ways there are to be a scrapbooker. Um, one of the comments I saw too is that I love that you scrapbook without photos. Um, I always scrapbook without photos. It, it is never like I know that I will find a photo to put on it. I'm backwards scrapbooker because most people pick the photo and then build their layout around it I never do I always just I'll find I have 40,000 photos on my phone and I can turn it to black and white but for me it really is the whole process of creating I love product I love mixed media I love that with scrapbooking everybody has a different approach some people put that photo in front of them and they work from that photo you're coming at it from more of an artistic side and you're gonna find the story and photo that come with it. And so there's not a wrong way. Anybody that's sitting at home thinking like, I don't do it like so-and-so, you just haven't found the person that you, you kind of, are, you're their style yet. And isn't that the perfect way to end the event, to think of how many ways there are to be a scrapbooker, to actually be creative, to tell your stories and to make pages that you love. But confession, we weren't actually done yet. We had a gazillion prizes to give away. Our teachers were so generous and so were our other sponsors. Close to my heart even had a special Story by Stacy sale that we could take advantage of. We had prizes from a cherry on top, 
Catherine Pooler Designs, Digital Scrapbooking HQ, Janet from RTS Scrapbooking, Karen Fitting, the Forever Lead Ambassador, Larkin Design, Lail by Mail, Redefine Creative, Scrap Happy, Scrapping Reflections, Chamel, Stacy Julian, Tashiana Gordon, Vicki Booten, and Victoria Marie Designs. And then, of course, we had our grand prize. Our grand prize was a pack of scrapbooking goods worth over $250. But after I saw it, I think it's worth a lot more than that. And that came from Scrapbooking Cards Today magazine. The feeling of excitement that was in the air all weekend as we got together and celebrated scrapbooking as we learned some new scrappy skills, that was the amazing part of this weekend for me. Here's a few words from Catherine Tashton from Scrapbook and Cards Today magazine. Well, it's amazing. And and Alice, thank you. You know, thank you for doing this. Thank you for bringing the community together. It is what we, you know, strive to do with our community. And, and I, you know, I always say when we work together, all boats rise and you and I both really subscribe to that philosophy. I truly do believe that when we work together, we all come out ahead. I'm so excited that we're welcoming new members to our Scrap Happy family. Continuing our Scrappy education is just part of what we do at Scrap Happy. We also really focus on connection between our members. So if that's something that you're looking for, please check us out at scraphappy.org. And if you're feeling like you've missed out on this Scrap Smarter experience, then you have one last chance to get in on the replays. From midnight August 25th until midnight August 31st, the Scrap Smarter experience will be available as a replay. This will be your only chance to get in on the full action of the full event. If you want to hear Stacey Julian's full keynote speech, this is the only way that will not be available again. In September, individual classes will go on sale, but you will not have access to the keynote speech or the wind-up party. And of course, those prizes, they're all gone. But these golden nuggets of wisdom that I've shared from our instructors, those are just a snippet of what you will receive if you want those replays. And you can do that at scraphappy.org scrapsmarter or check for the link in the show notes. Today, our tip is to do something that helps you scrap smarter. Watch a YouTube video, take part in a live class, listen to a podcast. No matter what you choose to do, trying something new will always help you have a little bit more fun and help you to create pages that you love. I hope that you've enjoyed this extra long episode of the podcast as we recap this super fun scrap smarter experience. I would be so grateful if you would leave me a five-star rating and review on your podcast app. In the show notes, you'll find links to all of the instructors and sponsors for this event. I'd love it if you would go and visit them and see what amazing classes and products they have to offer. And tell them that Alice sent you. Until next time, I hope today's tip and our whole episode of tips help you scrap happier. Scrap happier.